and welcome to Inspiring Women Leaders, the podcast about leadership by women only, from which everyone can learn. Inspiring Women Leaders aims to showcase the extensive leadership knowledge and practical skills of its incredible guests, and to both inspire and educate its listeners, helping them acquire the know-how necessary to become better leaders themselves. Without further ado, I'd now like to welcome my guest. So please, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Today, I'm really excited to welcome to the show, I think you can tell, um, my new friend, yoga expert and business founder, Hope Zvara. Hope is a yoga movement and lifestyle expert and CEO of Mother Trucker Yoga. Over the last 20 years, Hope has transformed thousands of lives and now helps drivers, truck drivers, go from being in pain and out of options to feeling good again with her practical approach to fitness and her simple step-by-step strategies that drivers can implement on the go. Hope has risen to be a leader in the trucking industry and has been credited with single-handedly bringing yoga to the trucking community. She's been featured on PBS, which is Public Broadcasting Service. She's been in Forbes, Yahoo News, and is a regular guest on Sirius XM Radio. If you are looking for the next steps in your health and life, look no further than Hope. What an incredible mission, and I think it's fair to say that Hope is definitely leading the way with inspiration. So without further ado, let's meet Hope Zavara. Welcome to the show, Hope. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and speak to the show's audience. Oh, thank you so much, Adam, for having me. This is going to be a great conversation today. I can feel it. <laughs> I'm loving the energy. I, I agree. I'm, I'm super excited about this. Um, so I, obviously, I, re- I read out your bio, which is brilliant, by the way. Uh, so many things I love about it. But in your own words, um, please, could you tell the audience a bit more about yourself, including what your current work roles are and what leadership positions you currently hold or have held in the past, please? Absolutely. Well, one of the number one questions I get asked from people is like, how did you get started trucking and yoga? Most people can't <laughs> see the connection. Um, and really, it it didn't start in trucking. It started in yoga. And I always tell people yoga found me uh, more than 20 years ago. I was knee deep in addiction, struggling with an eating disorder, alcohol, drugs, uh, anxiety and depression, and just the people around me. I don't want to say that they gave up on me, but they kind of felt like there was nothing more they could do for me. And then one day I was working as a lifeguard uh, as an older teen, and someone looked at me and said, you look like someone that would practice yoga. And you know how you have those moments in life where something in your mind just clicks? That was one of those moments for me. I think that was the first time I ever heard the word yoga in my entire life. <laughs> but I went home and I was like, I think, I think I'm supposed to do this. And I showed up at a yoga class a few miles away from my home. I was half the age of everyone in the room. Uh, I was scared. I was uh, nervous, uncomfortable. But something happened that day in that yoga class. And when I rolled up my mat and walked out the door, I had felt something I hadn't felt in years. My mind was calm. My mind was clear. 
And my Wednesday night yoga class became my weekly ritual of second chances. Now that eventually led me to become a yoga teacher, eventually led me to open a yoga studio and then a school. And I was always wanting to serve that underdog because I felt that way. I grew up and watched my dad. He was the sewer pipe layer. He was great at what he did, but not a very thankful job. And that just always kind of stuck with me. And as I grew in the yoga world and in the fitness world, I just felt like that wasn't where I ultimately belonged. I was leading thousands of people to yoga, helping thousands of people in pain. I had a great business, but it wasn't where I belonged. And then five years ago, I was at a local business mixer here in my small hometown in Wisconsin. For those of you that don't know where Wisconsin is, it's kind of like the upper center, northern part of the U.S. Um, and near Canada, if you can't tell my accent. And I was talking to this guy and he looks at me and says, do you have anything for truck drivers like in the cab of the truck? See, I was trying to pitch him corporate yoga. That was part of what I did at the time. And I think I'm funny sometimes, Adam. And I threw up my hands and I said, mother trucker yoga, just trying <laughs> to get a rise out of this guy, make the conversation go a little better. He doesn't flinch. He sticks out his hand and says, that's brilliant. You want to go into business together? We shook on it. He called me the next day. Four months later, we built a business from scratch. And a year later, I bought him out of the business because I was essentially doing everything. And in the last five years, I've helped thousands of truck drivers change lanes in their health and fitness, all on the premise of small, simple changes, because that's how I got into recovery. That's how I got well. And that's how I found in the yoga world and fitness world where people really started to make changes in their bodies, minds, and lives was with the little things. And so I've pulled that through into every aspect of my life and my career since then. Oh my gosh, that that is fantastic. Thank you so much for for sharing that. I just I love well, I love I love the name for a start. I love the name of the company for a start. I you mean, gotta laugh. Story, you gotta laugh. It's just and you know, what a what an absolute stroke of genius that you just kind of came up with it on on the spot like that. But um, you know, thanks so much for sharing sharing your your story, uh, you know, of your of your struggles and how uh you know how so it sounds like kind of yoga came to you, it, you know. It, the universe kind of like presented it to you and it it, it saved you maybe to I absolutely uh, did yeah. yoga yeah. single-handedly contributed to where i am today because it really taught me adam i think valuable leadership lessons as well on how to be patient how to breathe how to feel in the moment and if you look mm. out at the world today, these are also skill sets that very few people have. We want everything mm. now. When we're uncomfortable, we're taught just to like throw it away and 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 go do something else. And yoga really says, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just slow the train down for a second and see what's going on. It taught me how to be an observer. And as a leader, as a business owner, as somebody that's helping other people, you have to be constantly aware of what's going on and read the situation and read the room so that you act accordingly. And prior to this, I was impulsive. I was a reactive and impulsive. I was very short-tempered because, well, I wasn't healthy, but also I was never taught those things as a child. So I, as an adult, had to learn all of these skill sets, but yoga had a really great, gentle, kind of incubator approach to teaching me essentially what I believe is the skills for life. Mm -hmm. it, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm listening to that, and it, it just sounds amazing. And uh sounds like something I need in my life, really. <laughs> it really you know, does. And, and um, yoga isn't this big, scary thing that so many people think in the trucking world, because that's mainly where I, I live right now. 
And a lot of people are like, oh, yoga's not for me. And I'm like, it's not what you think. Because yeah. yoga to me is not standing on your head or, you know, mastering some complicated twisty pose. I mean, that's a lot for show in today's world. For me, yoga is the ability to practice stillness. It's the ability to treat your body like a temple. And whenever you're in a leadership role in any capacity, a parent is in a leadership role. You might not have mm. a job, but you're leading children. Yeah. You need to take care of yourself. And that's one thing mm. yoga taught me. Like if someone wants to come to me about how to improve their health, I best have my health. If someone wants yeah. to come to me and say, hey, Hope, can you help me with my eating? I best have some type of a grip on how to eat healthy. I mean, the, <laughs> when you're in a leadership role, you have to have the capacity and the knowledge to be able to help the person that's a few steps behind you. And that's one thing yoga really taught me is how to kind of take all that and do something with it. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, really, really love that. Um, yeah, those those lessons there, I mean, if we stop the interview now, there's there's already some 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 uh, tooth nice bombs that you've dropped. Peace yeah, out. I mean that's it. There's enough wisdom in 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 just that. <laughs> I love it. Really love it. Um, so obviously you are a founder and a CEO of of a couple of businesses. Most most recently, Mother Trucker Yoga, and um, I think you you told me before that you've worked for other companies. What what sort of um, other leadership roles have you have you had in the past? You know, here's the interesting thing. So prior to owning my own business, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. And so I'm talking like way back, like teens, early 20s and working for other people. I was never in a um, labeled leadership role, but I always found myself getting the responsibilities of the leader. And I think that is really when I began to see the qualities of me and my work ethic and my drive and my show up your, as your best, which I think makes a great leader. I was working at a rec center here in my hometown uh, into my teens and early 20s, and I did everything. I mean, they just kept coming to me and saying, hey, would you want to help with building maintenance? And I'm like, I'm a lifeguard. They're like, yeah, but like, you're really savvy. And so then I started working in building maintenance. And they're like, will you like work the front desk on the weekends? Like you're really responsible. And I was like, uh, okay. And then when I started teaching <laughs> yoga, they're like, would you teach yoga here for the, for the seniors? And I'm like, um, okay. And, and so I think <laughs> leadership is often the qualities that the person brings forth, mm. which I've, I have a lot of different friends in different roles. And I think the number one issue companies come in contact with when they're kind of giving people titles is they just look at, wow, you're really good at that job. They're not looking at their personality. They're not looking at their skill sets. They're not looking mm. at their work ethic. They're not looking at the qualities that make a great leader. What they're looking at is someone that, oh, you show up every day, you check all the boxes, you'll be a great leader. I don't think somebody mm. that is fantastic at something is necessarily always the great leader. When I taught yoga teachers how to teach, this was often the case. The teachers would come in and we'd be doing schooling and they're like, I just can't do that pose. So I can't teach it. And I'm like, that that's not true. Mm -hmm. I said, a great leader understands the purpose of the pose and can understand it and do it at a basic level and know where to take the class from that point and also see the red flags when someone may be doing something incorrectly and be able to help them. And that was such an aha moment for them. They're like, oh, I don't need to be perfect. I don't need to have all the answers. I said, no, you need to be able to read the room and be able to nurture and foster the class and growth. That's how you lead somebody. It's not about you and your ego and making sure that you can do everything better than the class. It's making sure that you can lead the class to the best of their abilities 
and stretch them and push them. That makes a great leader. And so yoga really fostered this mindset for me when I stepped into trucking for how I wanted to lead my drivers, but also how I wanted to work in relationships with other trucking companies, helping their drivers and really leading their wellness programs and helping them create something for their drivers that served everybody. That's, that's fantastic. I love, I love that. I love the, um, yeah, that what you taught the, the other yoga instructors, um, about not having to be perfect at everything and just needing, needing to know when, when, when things are going wrong, not necessarily being able to do everything themselves, but knowing when, you know, that, and just great, great examples, uh, and analogies to how that can be in, in the, in the wider world and, you know, uh, in organi- organizations, you know, big organizations. So. Well, I'm sure um, you see it a lot, Adam, is in leadership, it's a very murky water for the ego, you know? And I think this is where yoga has shaped me differently than other leaders is mm-hmm. there's a, there's a reality check that happens in yoga. And, and I think that's what also fostered my recovery for me, where it's like, it's not about you hope. It's not mm-hmm. about you. Like check yourself. Why are you doing this? Why are you teaching this pose? Why are you leading the class this way? Is it about you or is it about truly helping them? And then I had kids. So talk about trying to like get rid of the ego um, and make it not about you. And so these were all things that I really learned along the way informally. I'm a college dropout. Like I don't have a degree. You know, I don't have some fancy, you know, knowing acronyms all the time when people like spew stuff at me. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Um, But I know. That I can help lead people. I know my craft and I know mm. the end result people will get when they follow X, Y, and Z with me. Yeah. That's superb. Thank you. Thanks so much. Um, so, you know, all of, all of that being said, um, what do you feel your personal leadership style is? You know, I I think I'm a combination of a lot of the different leadership styles. Many years ago, I took a test and I was like, okay, cool. I guess I'm just going to keep leading as I'm leading. Um, I, I think it's a combination of also, I'll say this, let me take that back. I think it depends on the environment and depends <laughs> on the people. Because in certain situations where I'm with people and I know that maybe they're more strong-willed or that they have more experience than maybe even I do on some level. Mm. I recognize that I need to bring forth different skill sets, maybe a little bit more authoritative, maybe a little bit more nurturing in the fact of like kind of stroking their egos, for lack of better words, Mm. so that Mm. they know that I recognize who they are, but also showing them my credibility so that they listen to me. I'm also a very compassionate leader. I understand that people have stuff going on. I have. And the people that have given me opportunities in life, like I'm forever in their debt and thankful that they've still continued to lead me despite the challenges that I had. I mean, I was owning a yoga studio, running teacher trainings, like doing all these things as I was trying to get into recovery. And and people knew that and they still honored me as a leader. And so I believe that that payback is essential. I think every good leader is a combination of leadership styles and because you don't know the type of person that you're leading. But I also believe that a great leader is somebody that's a combination of leadership styles, but also can read the room and Mm. pull from their bag when necessary. And this is where I think the biggest issues come in, at least I've recognized in my life. When I was butting heads with somebody, it was because I was trying to help them or get them to do something in a way that they don't listen and respond. And so Mm. I've learned early on that I have to adjust 
if I want that person to come along with me. And so I'm kind of a combination of everything on any given day. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, exactly my, you know, my, my sentiments on, on good leadership, we need to be adaptable, flexible. We need to be able to pivot at a moment's notice, you know, because you don't know what kind of Mm -hmm. who is going to hit the fan business wise. And then you need to be agile and kind of, you know, okay, I need to get this person, this person needs this approach. Yes. But also have really clear core values. I think Mm. that's probably, you know, you listening to you absolutely essential because if you know what you stand for, Mm. if you know what's most important to you and you stand like it's an integrity line, like, Mm. and you're around people that maybe challenge that. If you are very clear that certain things are important to you, like for me, establishing relationships is absolutely Mm. essential and and feeling like I have a personal connection to the people Mm. that I'm leading is absolutely Mm. essential to me. I also believe in integrity. I believe in transparency. And so these things have to be there for me or sometimes that's not the leadership position for me. Like that's not the space for me. And that's okay too. I think also great leaders know when to walk away. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely agree. Um, I was uh, guested on um, a podcast recently, and uh, you know, talked about uh, va- just talked about values. Uh, it was a, the whole conversation was around values and defining values, and um, and that's exactly what I said. I've like like you, I have, um, you know, perhaps had some conversations with people who maybe want to collaborate with me or, or something like that. And it, if it if it doesn't feel right, you know, it's just no no i can't do it or you start working with someone and then you know one of my core values is justice you know and if i think things are not fair or equitable or there isn't parity or whatever i'm like no i can't you know this is going to trigger me every day i'm working with this is going to trigger me you know i can't i can't do it so i hear you and i am i'm with you i am totally on board with that um thank you so much um and i love i love your kind of your your smorgasbord approach um to leadership um as you say you know sometimes you need to be uh, an authoritative leader sometimes you need to be a democratic leader you know sometimes you need to be a, a visionary leader whatever 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 the time and environment and people kind of um require so so you know we know where you are now um you told us about you know your um you know the way that you've been you've been perceived as a leader without a formal leadership role and you know regular listeners to to the show will know that i'm a a strong believer that you don't have to have a title to be a leader and and you said it really early on and it's it's a drum that i bang as well you know that parents parents are leaders you know and you know educators are leaders and um you know and any anyone in any organization can be a leader if they 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 show the the kind of required characteristics at the time um so uh again you know completely um completely in sync with with what you're you're saying but so you know your journey to leadership you know how did you you know you were treated as um leader in certain roles um how did you kind of like get into the sort of slightly more formal side how did you know you wanted to be a formal leader how did you know you wanted to be to be a leader in the trucking industry and and the founder of a company and stuff like this how did this journey come about prior to five years i had no idea (laughs) Um, (laughs) but 
but I will say this. And my parents told me this when I was probably in my like early twenties, they, they always said when I was a kid, I have three sisters. I have twin sisters that are older than me and a younger sister and they're great. I love them. But they always said you were different hope. There was something about you and we knew you were going to do big things. They told me a story one time that we were in the grocery store. They said I was two or three and I was standing at the checkout and like little kids would just flock to me. And I talked to them and I'd hug them. And, and it was just, she was like, it was only you. Like it only happened to you. And they always felt like I was meant to do big things. And I didn't always see that because I was struggling as a teenager with many different things. But I always felt like I was meant for more. Something deep inside of me felt like just being, when I say small, I don't mean that in disrespect to other people. I mean that in respect to what I felt inside. I was not mm. meant to just wake up and work at Starbucks as a barista, although I loved it when I worked uh, at, at <laughs> a Barnes and Noble bookstore and there was a star. I loved, I loved those roles. It was so fun, <laughs> but I know that that's not where my heart was meant to be. And so as I was progressing through the different job roles, it was always like, this isn't where you're supposed to be hope. It was a feeling for me, Adam. It wasn't like, someone said like, you should be a lawyer. So now you have to go be a lawyer. And I'm like, okay, mm. I got to own my own law firm. It was more so <laughs> that feeling inside, but also the people around me. My grandfather was uh, a business owner, a very successful one um, in a town nearby to me. He ran a construction company and he mm. built it from nothing. He came from poverty, like strict, mm. strict poverty. And I watched him succeed. And that really modeled, modeled leadership for me. And he, he led out of compassion. He was always giving money away. People were taking advantage of him, but he didn't care. He was just like, when I have a heart to serve hope, I believe everything will always be as it should. And that really stuck with me. And so as I progressed through the yoga world, that feeling of I'm still meant for more, like this isn't it, plagued me for years. And then that conversation with my former business partner, it was just like the cards were laid out for me. And I mm -hmm. felt so deep within me, this is where you're meant to lead. This mm. is where you're meant to make a big difference. Like I have big goals and aspirations of not just helping drivers change lanes in their health and fitness. I want to change law. I, I want to change the whole trajectory of the industry on how mm. they look at driver health and wellness. And for the first time in my life, I know that's where I'm supposed to lead. I can feel it because mm. I can see all the opportunities where I can help people in a way that they currently aren't being served. And I think mm. when you're a leader and you see those pieces come into place, you mm. can't go to bed at night and just walk away. Like I'm faced with obstacles every day. And I've mm. joked with my husband, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. But then there's that feeling inside of me. You can't walk away. And I think a leader that is truly in the space that they're supposed to be in has that deep seated feeling and they can't walk mm. away no matter what they're faced with. And I feel that. I feel that with what I'm doing now. And that is really what drives me to continue to lead people on any level, despite the obstacles I face. Oh, that's so wonderful. I love that. Yeah. Um, can you, I, I, I love it all. I just want to hear the quote from your grandfather again about, about, his you know being heart led tell, tell me tell me what that was again that was yeah and so beautiful. he he always said that despite whatever happens you know i'm i'm here to serve despite mm. what people do i am here to serve and when i lead that way things will always work out 
And when I mean he was taken, he would loan other people money to start businesses and they wouldn't pay him back. Like he he would give money to his neighbors to like help pay their rent and it would be thankless. Uh, he played mm. Santa Claus for years for his local community, showing up at doorsteps, giving away away presents. He didn't know these people, but he mm. was just doing it because he had a heart to serve. And I think oh, that's that servant mindset mm. that I've yeah. really taken into life to serve people and it and it's hurt me sometimes because I think I over deliver yeah. or I over help and I'm mm -hmm. left dry sometimes. So there's a learning, it's a balance, right? All qualities yeah. balance. But I want to be like him. Yeah. Because he yeah. was financially successful. He was successful in his community. He was successful with God in his heart. And he mm -hmm. showed up and always felt and saw the best in people, no matter mm -hmm. what. And I just feel like that is such a rare breed in today's world. It really is. It it really is. Um yeah that's so beautiful i really yeah i really appreciate you uh sharing that and uh, absolutely uh, i think everybody yeah. needs somebody in their life to model after and he mm, wasn't good mm. at a lot of things you know he hated computers he refused to use them my uncle worked for him mm. and he's like we need computers and, and he he tried tried and true paper and pen you know so there were some mm. things that i'm sure held him back a little but his character and mm. his heart to serve and that drive inside of him, I don't think it was about construction for him. I think it was about serving and helping people and giving it out quality and having relationships. His whole business was built on relationships. There's not a single yeah. person I know that didn't like him. And I think as leaders, we need to check ourselves. It's not about being good at what you do. It's mm. about the heart and, and the will and the ability to serve in the way you do. That's what yeah. makes a great leader. Yeah, that's that's wonderful and yeah i mean you know relate relational leadership as a as a model is um becoming more and more recognized now and uh you know that kind of knowing knowing your colleagues knowing your um your direct reports you know and know, you know knowing your team um knowing stuff about them and and then that can really help you kind of get the the best out of people um but you know it's as you say it's all to do with relationships it's uh it's so so oh, today's world it's all about relationships which is yeah. kind of contraindication uh, or, or contradicting the this idea of the me 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 society that we're in mm. adam right now i don't mm. know if you see that where you are but you know mm. we kind of live in a world right now that it's like it's all about me which i think yeah. is good on some level because self-sacrifice to the point where you're depleted isn't healthy i did that it didn't work out so well mm. um but i do yeah. believe we still need to look to serve other people we mm. still need to lift other people up a, a, a mentor said to me many years ago hope you always need someone above you to pull you up but you also need someone below you to pull them up it's a balance mm. if you don't have mm. someone above you you're never going to get any higher but if you don't have someone below you you're never mm. going to be reminded of why you're doing what you're doing and and it was yeah. such a great visual of being on a mountain and like having mm. my one hand below and at the same time, my one hand above and balancing mm. that. And that really stuck with me um, to try to think about how it is and what it is I'm doing as a leader. Because mm. for years, I led without anybody leading me. And I felt depleted. I felt alone. I felt yeah. frustrated. I started becoming bitter. And then I realized I needed a mentor. I needed a yeah. guide. I was the guide for so many years, yeah. guiding other people. No one was guiding me. And that started to really wear on me. Yeah. Yeah that's that's very very true yeah really really like that um and i'm just gonna uh go back to to what you said before where you know you are you are are visionary um you know you are a a um 
you know you're going to be a pioneer you're going to ch- you are i've no doubt that you are going to change the laws you know uh in your state maybe federally um you, you know i have you know you you just have that that kind of single-minded um you know kind of determination um and yes we've all kind of wavered and you know our enthusiasm you know goes in peaks and troughs you know our energy you know for a really good energy space and so on but uh you know i just get the feeling that you know you kind of think if not me who else you know you just you're oh, you're best placed aren't you you're so ideally placed to 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 see that kind of the panorama of every of everything and and how it all fits together you know and i've uh, always had this aversion to how everyone else is doing things like this is how everyone does it and my immediate reaction is almost like well not doing that <laughs> <laughs> and finding my own path. Uh, and so that visionary quality that you talk about, I think is really what sets me apart from other people. I see things other people don't see. Um, I'm willing to do things other people aren't willing to do um, and really like stick to that. Like if there's something deep in me that I believe is supposed to happen, mm-hmm. I'm going to drive towards that. What I've learned in a leadership role, though, Adam, is that instant gratification is really non-existent. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to you have to learn to love the process and you have mm. to learn to sit with the uncomfortableness of not getting what you want right away, which can be frustrating for some leaders, right? Because not yeah. everyone knows what you know can work as fast as you can work, but you can't do yeah. everything. This is where yoga has come in again. That practice yeah. of patience of being in a yoga pose that's uncomfortable where your body feels tight and restricted and staying yeah. there and breathing into it until that passes. I've brought that into my business life and that has helped me tenfold. Mm. Yeah. No, I I uh I know what you're saying. Um and I you know I, I speak to a lot of physicians and have had quite a few physician leaders on on this show and uh yeah, deferred gratification is something we are we're experts at um you know you it's like you you get through you get through high school and it's like you know it'll be everything will be fine when i finish college get my college degree then it's like oh, everything will be cool when i finish med school you know and that's only another four years and then, oh residency only another kind of three or four years oh fellowship everything will be great after fellowship attending i'm an attending now everything no actually no it's not all great <laughs> but you you defer you know you you, you hope you think and hope it is going to be that you know 15 years or 20 years or whatever it's all going to be fine um but uh yeah no I, I i hear what you're saying yeah not uh not really a place for instant gratification uh and being a um a happy leader i think really it's probably quite frustrating for you if you if you want those kind of instant results so oh 100 yeah thank you um okay so um you mentioned actually uh mentor and i don't know if if, um if this particular mentor was um the you know most influential for you and the most inspiring for you but but there clearly have been people who are you know kind of on a you know a a step above you or whatever who have um helped you rise um you know have have you got uh one one or two female or male that you like to share about yeah so my very first female mentor was when I became a yoga teacher, Shiva Ma, uh, Deva Ma. And she, there's something that she said to me that stuck with me. So I had gone through some training. I had gone back. I had had one child at the time and I was coming back for another training. And I had expressed to her one morning after an early practice. And I said, you know, I'm really struggling 
trying to balance being a mom and getting in my yoga practice and teaching other students. I had a yoga studio at the time and I, and I feel like my practice is slipping and she didn't even flinch. She took a deep breath and she looked at me and she smiled because she had this beautiful smile and she said, Hope, your yoga practice right now is raising your child. She said, everything that you're doing with this child is yoga. The way that you talk to them, the way that you nurture them when they're when they're upset, the fact that you take them outside and you go for a walk with them or you sleep when they're sleeping, that is yoga. And it was like this weight was lifted off my shoulder. And again, one of those moments where, where someone above you says something that becomes so profound and life-changing, that was really the first time I started seeing yoga in a different way. See, before that, I was so set in my mind that practice two hours of yoga every day, or if you don't do that, well, you suck as a human. Uh, you know, it was like the box checking. And, and so it's like, if I couldn't check the box, which again, I was a recovering addict, remember like the whole thing that, you know, makes sense to you uh, as far as like OCD goes. But what she was saying there was practicing yoga poses is only one part of practicing yoga, living yoga. Mm -hmm. There are other ways. And that set me on a totally different journey that it's not about the regimented yoga practice. It's about what that teaches you and how you live. And now how I interact with this human I have to like raise, that really helped me put the brakes on the perfection. And also too, I'll say, helped me see that was linked to a persona I wanted other people to see. I wanted them mm -hmm. to see that I practice yoga two times a day and that I'm doing these things. And that really forced me to say, you have to let go of that and be exposed and it's mm. okay. And people will still want to learn from you. And she was right. People mm. wanted to learn from me even more. So that was my mm. first leader that really was profound. But then I have a product line now of different pain relief creams, massage guns, different things for travel, all focused on travel pain relief. And I was looking for someone to help me with this because the people I was surrounded with, like, I'm not looking at making a DIY product in my garage, right? Like I'm, I'm looking at making something mass scale retail, again, vision of where I see mm. I'm going with this. And so I'm looking, looking, looking and up pops in my Google search, this girl I've never met, never seen. And she's talking about how she's launched products, how she's been able to do X, Y, and Z. Like something in me was like, I need to work with her. And I didn't even like interview with her. I just sent her money. And I was like, Sarah, I need to learn from you. And she has been a coach of mine now for over two years. She said, I'm one of her longest standing clients. And I think the reason why our relationship works is because of exactly what we've been talking about. She leads me, but also she knows when to push me and support me. She knows mm. when to listen to me and just kind of be a friend. And she also knows when to begin on me and be like, you didn't do this hope. This is why this isn't working. And so I I have a lot of male leaders as well or, or, or mentors, but I think those are two of the most profound leaders I've ever had in my life because I think they understand females or understand how our brain is working, being a mom, all those things in such a different way that has just really helped me feel seen. Mm. And I don't know about you, Adam, but when I feel seen, that is just so much drive and motiva motivation for me to pull up my big girl pants and go do the hard thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I completely, completely agree with that. Thank you for, uh, for sharing um, those those stories, um, those mentors sound amazing. And I'm sure, you know, are, uh, you know, partly why you are, um, 
where you are and as, as successful as you are now but um obviously a lot of it is your, is your own work of course um okay so we're going to take a, a a slightly a slightly dark detour um and i'm just going to ask you about kind of dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah i need a sound effect button don't i yeah i'm just yes, not a proper yes. podcaster uh, <laughs> um so you know any kind of um you know on you know on on pleasant unsavory things that you you kind of you're happy to talk about it's not going to kind of like you know trigger trigger you or anything or kind of you know compromise compromise you in your industry but Always. anything that um you are happy to talk about and and kind of explain for the listeners so that they can learn like how you coped with a move move past um whatever, whatever yeah, absolutely. it is absolutely so in the US less than 10% of women are in the trucking industry. Now, this is across all channels, truck drivers, working in the office, working in logistics, like any any role, less than 10% of those positions are filled by women. And I knew this going into it. Uh, that was actually part of the draw is that it was like, okay, like, uh, I like the challenge. I'm up for the challenge. Uh, I saw a commonality growing up. I tend to have more male friends than female friends. I'm not a catty person. I I'm a very, if the conversation doesn't have value, like I don't want to have it. Um, I'm not a surface level conversation person. And so I think that's probably why I had more male friends. Cause it's like, well, we're just not going to talk unless there's something worth talking about, uh, which I appreciated. <laughs> um, and so that, that didn't turn me off. I actually was part of the reason what draw, drew me in. I was like, oh, okay, like yeah. I can do this. But it has definitely fostered or, cre- or, or shown its challenges because I'm younger. Um, I'm I'm quite a bit younger than a lot of the male counterparts that I might be working with in various mm. capacities. But also I'm a female. I I have felt it, not always. But I have felt it in some conversations where I'm pitching my services or I meet them at a a business mixer at an event and they're like, oh, who are you? And I can feel it where they instantly are like, oh, not very important. And whether it's me as a female or me, what I'm doing and trucking is like 10 years behind the rest of the corporate world in valuing wellness. So this is still fairly new in the industry. Mm. So there is a level of like, I don't care or I don't Mm. have to care. And so here's a woman talking or trying to show you the value of what you essentially might not think matters about your company to help boost ROI, help reduce turnover, things like that. And that has definitely fostered some challenges. Sometimes I feel not heard. Sometimes I feel Mm. like I'm just throwaway. Or when people talk to me, sometimes they realize I'm super smart and that I have a lot to offer in a unique perspective. And then they, they think that they can just learn from me and then toss me aside. This has taught me, Adam, that there were qualities within me that I needed to foster and cultivate. I tend to be a people pleaser. And so that's just part of my nature. I want to help people. I'm I'm often will self-sacrifice myself to help other people rise. But if I want to lead in this industry, I can't do that. Mm. So I have had to learn how to set boundaries as a leader. Sure, I'll help you, but I'm not going to give you the whole kitchen. I'll just give you the faucet. And Mm. then let's talk about what the design for the kitchen would look like if you want to work with me. So as much as I would possibly be deterred from these types of experiences, and a lot of people would run away, they'd feel like, well, this is not for me. This is too hard. Like people don't want to listen to me, whatever it is. I look at it as, as what do I need to change in myself? 
where am I not fostering or or leading or cultivating the skill sets that are necessary for this environment? Like if I ran away from everything that didn't go right because people didn't like me or they didn't see my vision or whatever, like I'd be living on the side of the road in a cardboard box. And so <laughs> it really, I'm grateful for this industry because the weak, there is no place for the weak in the trucking industry, Adam. There is no place. <laughs> and it has really taught me hope. Pull up your big girl pants. I've said it now twice. Like, <laughs> do you really want this? Like S-H-I-T or get off the pot. Like you need to decide and you need to rise above because there will always be people that don't like you, find you irritating, think that what you're doing is dumb, um, don't like your personality, whatever it is, there will always be those people. And if you want to rise in your industry and as a leader, this is how you know you're going somewhere is because the haters come out. The people that mm -hmm. want to hold you down and hold you back start to show their true colors. That is a true sign. And I've learned to embrace that. I'm like, okay, I'm on to something. I am moving in the right direction. Oh, thank you so much for stealing all of my stuff. That's a sign that I know what I'm doing and that people are noticing. And that pushes me now. Mm. I've turned that into drive to keep going. And this is why now I have the notoriety and the credibility, but also the leadership position in the trucking industry to do what I do. And people now mm. listen and take me seriously because I saw those opportunities not to push me down and hold me down, but to say, Hope, you need to fix you. There are places now you've sand sifted out that are showing their head. What are you going to do with it? So instead mm. of blaming, I've taken that internally and said, I need to fix me again. And I think that is a good quality to see that. It's not an I'm broken. It's a I'm I'm refining even more. Imagine if more people did that in today's world. Mm. Mm. So you're not kind of you're not changing the fundamentals of who you are. You're just evolving and adapting and kind of it sounds really growth mindset you know yes. it's, oh, absolutely. it's yeah yeah um so you're just being really really flat you're going okay this approach doesn't work you just can't be this way with these people or this person i'm not going to get into business with this person if i carry on down this route i need to you know kind oh, of find another way yeah and coming from a fixed mindset and a fixed mindset family that this is huge for me. And, and what I've noticed, my husband and I were high school sweethearts. We've been married for 16 years and I love him. He's a great person. And he's so focused on growth now, I think in part because of what I have done in my life, he mm. has been very kind of like, he likes things how they are. But then I'm like, you can't, you can't complain if you don't want to change. Like you can't complain about other people or your situation if you're not willing to get your hands dirty and, and see where what role you play in this. And by him seeing me do what I've done, and he's voiced this to me many times, he's now looking at his job differently. He's looking at what what is next for him and the role he plays in that versus him just saying, well, like he's a jerk or my boss is this or that guy doesn't know what he's doing. It's what role do you play in that relationship to fix that? Or you have to be willing to walk away. And so I think also leadership is also, again, that pull-up mentality is who do you surround yourself with? Do you see the opportunities or do you see the obstacles and see everybody else as a problem? I, I just see everybody as an opportunity. I see every obstacle as an opportunity. I see everything as a way to grow. And this is how I got into recovery. So I think it's part of my DNA now. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And I just, I, you know, I love your, your proactivity. I mean, um, you know, you, you reached out to me just to, to come on the, come on the show. I was like, 
oh my gosh, this person's <laughs> amazing. And I, <laughs> Who you know, she? <laughs> I know it's like it's out of left field, right? I was like, oh my goodness, this is not my normal guest. This is really exciting. This is different, you know. So, uh, love, absolutely love it. Um, and you know, it's obviously worked out, and uh, and I'm sure it works out for your business as well. So, that's there's so much good stuff to un- unpick there. Um, uh, that I'm just going to let the, the the listeners listen to it and let it kind of percolate, and then, um, you know, they will they will learn from all of that. But um, yeah, just take take home for me is growth growth mindset um, in 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 your approach with potential clients and and so on. Uh, and if you if you're not prepared to kind of evolve, then may as well just not bother, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I gotta tell you one thing. So what I've learned (laughs) uh, from a growth mindset is when you point the finger back at yourself, the Mm. people around you are much less likely to hate on you, to oust you, to think badly of you. And because you're willing to take the burden of what is supposed to happen or what went wrong, and really Mm. you're not taking the blame. What you're doing is saying, I acknowledge my role in this. And mm. I'm going to fix me. And what I've no- learned by doing this is it immediately triggers other people to do the same thing. Yeah. And that is really, I think, how you create change yeah. in any industry, in any space. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that sounds very much like leading by example and just being a really good, you know, role model. Um, 100%. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, you just people see it they change it then people see them and you've got a ripple effect and you know it's all it's all great um fantastic right so loved all of that um and i mean in in addition to that um although you know i think uh, you've given me so much amazing stuff um but you probably have more i've got i've got a sense you've got more in the tank yeah uh so i'm gonna 97 with hope (laughs) And we're we're still growing strong 96 episodes later. Yeah, so a few more gray hairs and you know, oh, false teeth. And, um, but <laughs> more for me than for you, yeah, because I'm, uh, I'm quite a bit it. older. Um, so I think you've you described kind of beautifully how to uh navigate through the the challenges that you might might face in, in the workplace and certainly in the space that you work in. Um but I, I, you know, I've got to know you. I very much see you as a kind leader, and certainly you're a strong person in my in my opinion. Do you have any um, other advice for our listeners on how to become strong, kind leaders? I will leave you all with this: everybody is in some type of leadership position, no matter what role you have at work, no matter where your position is in your family or your community. And I think the second we see ourselves as a leader on any capacity, we then give ourselves the permission, the encouragement, and the inspiration to stretch ourselves beyond what we're currently doing, to recognize that there is something more for us out in the world. Even if it's just leading one person across the street because you're the crossing guard in front of the school, like you are, you you are of purpose, you are of value, and we need more strong women leaders out there in the world. And yet, so many women I come in contact with talk as though, well, I'm just a mom right now, or I just, 
I just work at, you know, the corporate office and I, you know, answer phones. And they see that as not a leadership role. You are leading every customer towards the answer that they're looking for with a smile and with a happy attitude. If you're a mom, you are leading your kids to being good humans. And gosh darn it, we need more of those too. (laughs) And so I would encourage every leader to look at where you're at in life right now and try to see the opportunity that is in front of you currently to be a leader and nurture that and foster that. And if you're like me, that you felt like you were made for something more, I'll tell you this. You have to first get through where you are right now in order to get to that more. You can't just keep looking to the more and and turn your back on where you are because these are lessons to build you as a leader. These are opportunities to help mm. foster more within you. And this is mm. the space right now that you're meant to lead. And if you can't lead here, What makes you think that you're going to lead somewhere else? And so Mm. every person listening today, you are a leader where you are right now. The question becomes, will you step into that role? Mm. That's powerful. Yeah. Completely agree with that. And I think, um, you know, when you, when you talk about stepping into it, I think there's a, um, I, you know, when I do my leadership workshops and things, I talk about self-leadership as the first, the first step. And, you know, really, you know, like, like anything, you know, it's like we have a whole list of self things, you know, self-care, self-compassion, self-forgiveness, you know, self-leadership and so on. I want to come. Um, <laughs> mate, you're welcome. If, I, if only I could afford to fly you over. I'll have to I do it virtually. It. but you know it's like how how can you be in a you know it sounds like you know part of what you're saying is uh, how can you be an effective leader and kind of step into that if you're not kind of leading yourself effectively um is that is that fair to say yeah and being okay with where you are right now knowing that Mm. that's not where you're always going to be it's kind of like as a parent People want to get through certain years of their kids' lives to get to the Mm. next stage or the best stuff. But if you want your kids to love you at that older age and and be an authority and and listen to you, you have to also embrace where you are right now. I think parenting Mm. is such a metaphor for so much of how life really is out Mm. in the real world, outside of your home. Um, That's taught me a lot about how to lead as my kids have been such great teachers. Yeah. 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 I see. I see that now. Yeah. My, um, my daughters are nine and six and uh yeah I, I yeah i can i can see the the you know the the modeling and the influence and, and and so on that's that's going on um uh yeah i often think i should i need to do better um but you know we need to be we need to be kind to ourselves and you can only do so much right i agree, um, I agree. <laughs> so um that was that was a, a kind of great great advice on how to become strong kind of leader. I I I love that. Um, do you have a kind of um, a, a pithy um, take home message for for the listeners that you'd like to share? Are you questioning if I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've got a feeling you might have something in your back pocket. <laughs> um, I have one final thought for all of you, and it's this. Leadership is not something you should take lightly because it's a gift that not everyone gets. Leadership is not something you should take lightly because other people are looking to you for their next steps, their opportunity. And leadership is not something you should take lightly. And if you're willing to step into that role, 
watch out because the sky is the limit and everything you have been dreaming of is about to take place, is about to happen. Leadership is not something you should take lightly. And so today, I hope today is that day that you step into your leadership position. Well, that's that's inspiring. I love that. <laughs> that's so powerful. Hopefully people listening will, will uh, be like, yes. I'm going to do what Hope says. Today's the day. I'm going to say this. The day. Seize it. Seize the, the day. day. Yeah, is yeah. the day. It's never yeah. a bad time. Now is never a bad time. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Totally. I mean, uh, we can always we can always find excuses for not doing stuff right, but there's there's actually it's never a good time. Is it? It's just like just do it already. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I mean, just wow. Just uh, it just you you make it sound like every everything is going to be exciting once you step into that leadership um because once it you is. own own it yeah yeah because yeah it, it is. is and it's a perspective and it's a mindset like yeah. even struggles when i can get out of my own head and, and get out of my own ego and it's like i'm struggling it's like hope do you realize what you're creating right now and how many people would die to be in your position and you're upset mm. about this piece right now like, mm. look at where you've come. Like, look mm. at what you're doing. Look at the influence you have. Like, take a step back for a second yeah. and 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 step in and embrace this. And I think mm. if we all can do that, despite what obstacles are in front of us and wherever we're at, man, your your life can be pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just love that enthusiasm. Um, I really, really do. Um, now, my next question, um, which you know, because you have them, um, is what you're working on at the moment but before we go there and this is not part of like the leadership interview but it's not it's not something that's going to throw you okay it's just what i want to know or what i want the listeners to to hear because you've told me before is some of the ways and some of the techniques that you have with your truck drivers that you get you get them to become more active and uh you know improve their fitness and so on i just i just want i i'm sure everyone's intrigued you know because when before we spoke i was like you know there's only so much room in in the cab of a of a truck right so but there's more to it than just the cab of the truck i've learned so so share share with the listeners and then i'll go on to the actual question so one of the things i recognized when i stepped into the trucking industry was the few people that were there were just trying to slap gym exercises on truck drivers and in the us i don't know about all of you you know other places i have yet to drive into a truck stop and see everybody outside working outside their truck like weights and like yoga mats and like that was non-existent and so i i kind of played on my yoga background and i was like oh i can totally transform this and so the driver's seat is a chair I'm showing drivers stretches that they can do while they're driving. I've created audios that they can listen to that walk them through simple body mechanics that they can do safely while out on the road. That counts. I think the mentality that I'm trying to teach drivers is that fitness and exercise doesn't have to happen in a box. What I mean is at 5.30, from 5.30 to 5.30 or 5.30 to 6 o'clock every day, you're going to work out. And that's your exercise. That's the box mentality I talk about. But really, if we sprinkle in movement throughout the day, every day, that's really as humans, we're designed to move. We're not designed to sit. And so what can you do in the driver's seat? Rolling your shoulders, stretching your wrists on the steering wheel. When you buckle in, 
turn and twist your body and then go and do the same thing the other way. That counts. When you're filling up with fuel, why don't you do a forward bend and touch your toes? People just think you're picking up something off the ground. Step your foot up onto the step of the truck and lunge into your hip. That's going to help reduce back pain. People just think you're, you know, you're, you're trying to buff out something on your truck. Like these discrete things that they can do to help improve their health. The sleeper is like the bunk inside the truck. And so when you're laying in bed and you're laying in the sleeper, you know, bring your knees into your chest and just give your legs a hug, full body stretch, arc your back, come into a bridge pose. When you're doing your pre-trip check, that's where they have to check everything before they go out on the road to make sure there's nothing that's, you know, going bad on the truck. Walk a couple extra laps around your truck. Nobody is going to know what you're doing, but you're getting a couple extra laps in because 32 laps around the truck is a mile. So you can do the math easily. If I do two in the morning, two at break, two when I stop to unload, two at night, like that all adds up. And so where can I add more movement into the day? For listeners, you might not be a truck driver. Maybe you are a physician. Well, before you go into surgery, you know, why not bend down and touch your toes? Why not do 10 calf raises while you're washing your hands? You know, maybe you're not a surgeon or a truck driver. Maybe you're a school teacher or an accountant. What are things that you can do right in your chair? I had teachers, school teachers that came to my yoga studio for years. One of them is an art teacher. Her name is Hillary. She actually taught her art students yoga so she could do it. So at the beginning of every class, they would do certain breathing exercises and certain yoga poses because she needed it because her back was hurting and her neck was hurting and she was getting frustrated because sometimes kids don't listen. Not all the time, right? Um, and so she was bringing it into your life. So my advice for those of you listening is if you feel like you're not as active as you should be, if you feel like age is starting to be the blame that you give when your body is not doing what it should, my advice to you is find one or two or three pockets of time, one to three minutes that you can add movement in. I have a rule when I go into the bathroom, after I wash my hands, do my thing, I do 10 squats. Like I can't leave a bathroom now and not do 10 squats <laughs> because that's my routine. When I sit at my desk, I have a weight on the floor. I wear ankle weights sometimes and I just march in place uh, when I'm doing my typing because that all counts. And what I've recognized is when we sprinkle these things in through the day, we are much more likely to want to work out, to want to exercise, to want to do the box thing or want to eat healthier or be kinder to our partner or our spouse. And so it's a trickle effect that really molds and shapes us, which we live in a world right now where depression, anxiety, suicide are at an all-time high. And I believe it has to be connected in some capacity to the culture we live in now, which is a like sedentary culture. And that has to be connected. That has to be connected because when we move serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, the good neurotransmitters all start boosting in our brain. Oxygen comes into our body and we feel good. It's a chemical thing. It's a science thing. And so movement equals we feel better. We feel better means we make better choices. And when we make better choices, that cycle just repeats itself. I don't know about you all, but that's a cycle I want to be in every single day. Thank you so much. I I love that. Uh, that that is uh, that's tremendous. That's that's exactly what I wanted you to say and more. You've given <laughs> you've given me so much there. I love that. I love the reference to you know all, all that. I mean, now I have an idea of what what truck drivers can do. But you're talking about you know physicians and teachers, and so it's it's just great. It's applicable to everyone. Um, yes, fantastic. I'm I'm so glad you shared that. Um, 
So what are you what are you working on at the moment that's maybe new and coming up that you're excited to be working on that you'd like to share with the listeners? Absolutely. Well, last year I wrote a book called Trucking Yoga: Simple Fitness for the Long Haul. I actually had a publisher reach out to me and said, "Hey, I see what you're doing. I see you're everywhere in the media. Like, have you thought about a book? And I've thought about a book for years. Um, I did a lot of self-publishing when I had the yoga studio. I'm like, I want a real publisher. And then what do you know? Someone reaches out to me. And so I wrote a book, 60 exercises, a bunch of relaxation techniques. These are things anybody can use. Um, and it's done really well. We're using it in CDL schools, which are commercial vehicle um, driver schools, that they're using it as curriculum now. So that's really exciting. Brilliant. But like I said before, uh, part of my visionary and creative side is I always like like seeing opportunities where I can offer more. And so a few years ago, I came out with a pain relief cream. And now in the next couple of months, we're rolling out nine new products. So uh, some pain relief creams with CBD in it, uh, a massage gun, uh, little roller footballs for like plantar fasciitis on the go. And so all usable, tangible, small, simple tools that drivers or heck, you don't have, you have to be a truck driver. You could be flying on an airplane or just somebody that, you know, is in pain can utilize mm-hmm. these tools to help improve their day-to-day lives. And so this is the part of my life that I get really excited about because I love creating. I love creating solutions for people that have problems and to be able to create a whole product line this year is just so exciting to me. Uh, We've rebranded. And so our new product line's name is Road Relief Wellness uh, because we're giving you relief on the road. And so (laughs) I'm just really excited in the next couple of months to be rolling that out in truck stops nationwide, but also online as well. Wow. That, that, that that sounds fantastic and that yeah i love that i just yeah it, i think everything you get involved in you you have to get excited about like and if if, if you're not excited by it it's not you know it's 100%. it's not for you but and so i love that, that. You, you say, yeah yeah i just yeah i just uh love the products i love the love the enthusiasm thanks so much for sharing that and i hope people kind of uh have have a look at it and uh, I'll obviously um you know put your website We ship and, international and so we have a lot of customers uh that buy our pain relief cream and buy our products that we already have um in Italy we have Europe we have the UK we have mm. uh, I think Ireland Canada we ha- mm. we ship all over um and so I don't believe that people should not get what they need just because of where they live I mean talk about feeling mm. defeated so Yeah well, listen. You are you are certainly unique from what I can tell. I mean, I, my very rudimentary well, knowledge for of noticing. the <laughs> <laughs> my, my 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 very very basic knowledge of the trucking industry that has grown exponentially since I've met you. Um, but uh, you there can't be many people like you out there in the trucking industry or even oh. the world. But uh, you know that that in a in an amazing way. But uh, you know the the market for 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 you and your business is is just global it's just i, I agree. you know well um, and i think it, for anybody listening to just remember when you pass a truck on the road you know they're driving this 18 wheeler 80 you know 1000 pounds that could crush you, crush you like a bug you know give them some space show them some respect you know they're doing a job that a very small percentage of the world can do and it has just reestablished my trust and my belief and my support in people in roles just like truck drivers my dad like i said was a sewer pipe layer a very thankless mm-hmm. job but mm-hmm. those hospitals wouldn't have water if it wasn't for him 
your home yeah. wouldn't have, you know, the necessary things it has if it wasn't for him. And I'm not saying mm -hmm. he single-handedly did anything, but my point is, mm -hmm. you know, when you see that truck driver out on the road, you know, smile, you know, ask them mm -hmm. to honk their horn. They love that. Give them some space on the road because, you know, that is how you show gratitude. That's how you show appreciation. And that does come back to you. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly does. I, I fully agree with that. Um, lovely, lovely. So, um, if any of our listeners would like to reach out to you and I en envisage a lot of them will want to do so, what's the, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure thing. You can go to our website, mothertruckeryoga.com. And then across all social media channels, Mother Trucker Yoga. So super easy. Uh, we try to not complicate things over at Mother Trucker Yoga. Uh, but you can reach <laughs> out to me. Tell me and let me know that you heard me on this podcast with the amazing Adam. Um, so I can tell Adam that that you found me and, and, and let him know that he's got an amazing show, which we all know. Uh, but definitely check us out, MotherTruckerYoga.com, Mother Trucker Yoga on all social channels. I provide uh, various strategies and techniques and ideas for movement uh, every single week on social. We have a great blog uh, where I'm constantly posting different articles about how you can move more, how to stay healthy and active that are really applicable to anybody because we all are busy. We're all tied on time. You know, we all might be working in some type of a confined space in today's world. And so you'll really see the connection here between what I'm doing in the trucking world and how it can help you. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. As you say, we're, we're living a, a sedentary age. Um, and I certainly sit down. I'm, I'm going to go to your website and have a look at some of these uh, videos and stuff. Um, and, um, your, your handle on social media would just be the at sign at mother trucker yoga. Yeah. Correct. Things. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Good. Good. Well, I'll, I'll put them in the show notes as well. Um, so finally, sadly, all that remains is to ask if you have any i know you do right you said before are you asking me okay i'm gonna say what are your closing words that you like to share with the listeners then? i'm not gonna ask you if you have any <laughs> i will leave you all with this recognize that although you may be a leader there are other people around you that also can lead you and so if you are calling yourself or seeing yourself uh, as a leader in whatever role you are in in life, I want you to step back and I want you to look around you and say, who's leading me today? Who is out there that I can learn from, that I can lean into, that I can be mentored by, officially or unofficially? Any good leader recognizes the other people in the room that they can lean into and they can gain knowledge from, build relationships with, so that, again, it's the pull-up mentality who is above you. If you've been on top for some time now, it might be time that you find someone to put above you so that you can go further, faster with whatever it is you're doing. So it's not just about you today. It's about finding someone else to lead you. Right. Great. Yep. No one has given that advice before. So that is that is unique. And I I, I really like it. Really, I think it's great. Um, so I really appreciate that. I appreciate you and and all of your all of your uh, wisdom and, and comments and, and the learning that you've given the listeners uh, i really do so um thank you again um hope so much for coming on the show and, and sharing all of that all of your, your your gems and your nuggets um your wonderful advice um it's been great i really i really appreciate you thank you um well, thank and, you, Adam, for having me and being willing to take on a guest that's not your typical guest. I appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, thank you again. And thank thank you all for listening. Um, until the next episode in two weeks, I wish you all health, 
happiness and inspiring leadership. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me and my guest on the Inspiring Women Leaders podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you did, please download the show and leave it a rating and a review so that together we can share the amazing lessons we've learned from my guests with listeners far and wide and help as many aspiring leaders as possible. Most of my podcasts will also be uploaded to my YouTube channel, Dr. Adam, Physician Coach. So please check out my channel there and hopefully you'll find some videos on similar topics to watch and enjoy. Finally, I have some exciting new group coaching programs and a membership scheme in the pipeline. So please keep a regular eye on my website, www.dradamharrison.com. That's www.dradamharrison.com for updates. Thank you again for your time today. And please join me next time, two weeks from now, on Alternate Wednesdays, for another brilliant episode of Inspiring Women Leaders.